Well, hey guys, welcome back to week six of our series, Stand. Well, I have to be honest with you, it's a little bittersweet, um, at least for me, because I have so enjoyed studying through the book of Ephesians, and I've loved being with you guys. I've loved the comments. Um, so many of you have gotten back with me through email or um, even on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all kinds of ways that you've been following me and, and just sharing with me your story, your struggle, your conviction, and how literally learning how to stand in this evil day has changed your life. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think I always am. It's hard to stand. It's hard to put on the armor of God every day. And we're going to talk about that at the end of our time together. But as you know, every day you have to put on the armor of God. And today is no different, except that it says when it talks about the sword of the spirit that we don't put it on. Did you know that? We actually pick it up. We pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians 6. You've probably marked it up by now. If not, maybe tonight will be your night. And again, those who are watching us either on my YouTube channel and you're all alone at home, I just know there's an anointing over you today, or our women's watch parties, or our men's group. I pray that there's unity over you tonight and that God's going to show you something through this passage you've never seen before. So let's pick up our passage. As we know in Ephesians 6, as we've said every week, we start off with the whole armor of God. And then he walks through. It tells us that we don't struggle with uh, flesh and blood. As we know, it's not the husband or the wife or the colleagues or the neighbor, or even the kids, that we struggle with principalities and powers. And I want you to begin to see that. Go back to week one if you missed it. You have to understand that our warfare, our struggle, our battle is spiritual that the enemy is going to try to come in all kinds of ways. It may manifest physically. It may manifest in your, in your flesh. I woke up this morning with, with my eyes hurting. I'm like, what's with this? You know, and somebody says, oh, it's just an arrow from the enemy because they're always trying to come after me. So it can manifest physically and it can, it can manifest emotionally when you're feeling depressed or lonely or sad. That's principalities and powers. So you have to know how to fight the battle against principalities and powers. That's exactly what Paul is trying to teach us here in this passage. And then he walks through, as we have so many times, talking about how to take up the, the, um, all the pieces of the armor. Now, we're going to walk through these at the end together, and there'll be a little quiz. I'd love to know if you can do it by yourself. So let's just see if you remember, without cheating right now, without looking, what's the first piece we put on? Do you remember? The belt of truth. So we're going to put on the belt. We're going to have everything starts with truth, and he is our truth. And then what do we do? We put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then we shod our feet with the gospel of the preparation of peace. We, we evangelize. We share the good news of peace. And then what, what do we do? Do you remember? What's next? There We have our helmet and we have our, oh, oh, you guys, you guys just, I can't believe I just went blank. All right. Having shod your, yeah, the shield of faith. Oh my goodness. I forgot my shield. What am I going to do without my shield? You pick up your shield of faith and then which fiery darts come your way, then the helmet of your salvation, then what is today? We're going to pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, you guys, I can't believe I did that because every single day I put my armor on. I walk through it, literally my prayer walks every morning, I get up and I walk through every one of them and I take off on my walk. But today's powerful because today talks about picking up the sword of the spirit. Now, do you realize this is the only piece in all of the armor that he talks about that's offensive. 
Everything else is defensive. You put it on because you're, you're being defended, you're being protected, so the enemy can't come against you, so you're putting on the armor. But when you pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, when you pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that's how you're going to actually do battle with the enemy. The only way you're going to fight the enemy is with the Word of God. And it doesn't mean you're going to hit him over the head with your Bible. It means you're going to know the Word of God. You're going to recite the Word of God. You're going to speak the Word of God. And it's so important that we understand the power of the Word of God. Actually, I want us to look at a great passage, and it's in Hebrews 4.12. And tonight, like every other night, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures. So make sure you have your Bibles. And guys, let me just say to you, it's so important that you underline these passages. You might even want to date it. I mean, my Bible is kind of like a journal, to be honest with you. I have names and dates and I have people's names in it. I have prayer requests in it. I cross-reference scriptures. So when I pick it up, it becomes, it's already life to me because the Word of God is life, but it's my story in it. And you can tell somebody that really reads their Bible when you look at their Bible because it's highlighted and underlined and there's prayer requests and dates and words and sometimes the pastor will give you a Greek meaning and all those. So make sure that you have your Bibles. I understand a lot of us have our electronic Bibles, but I think there's something about an old school Bible that you can literally write in and pray over and put your hand on. So I think that's very important. So if you have your Bible, open to Hebrews and we're going to look at chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is living and active. Now you should just underline those right now and every day just say the word of God is living and active. When I pick up the Bible, it is living and active. It's God's breath. He has a word for me today. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. There we have the word of God is the sword again. It's showing us right here. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. And what does a sword do? The sword pierces the divisions of the soul and the spirit. Do you know when I read this Bible, it literally can divide my soul from my spirit. My soulish man, which is sometimes my selfish man, and my spirit man, which desires the things of God. So when I read the word of God, conviction comes, truth comes. Condemnation never comes in the word of God, but conviction comes. So know the difference in the two. If you're feeling condemned and shame and blame, that's from the enemy and he's trying to push you away from God. If you feel conviction, there's a stirring. I love conviction because conviction makes me want to draw closer to God. So do you see how this sword, it says it's sharp and it actually pierces between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It's able to, what does it do? It discerns the true intentions of your heart. It discerns the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. So when I read this, this is the greatest revealer of my thoughts. This word right here is the greatest truth. I can't read this word and it not do something to me. So it's so important that you understand the sword of the spirit. You cannot fight without the spirit. I want you to see that. It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do you understand it's the Holy Spirit that speaks life to you, that brings life to you, that brings conviction to you. It's not just a leather bound book, red letters, it is the spirit of the living God who breathes through this Bible, who reads through this, breath, this book. It's his breath. And we're going to look at that. You can't fight without the spirit. Now, let's look at a couple of things. I want you to understand what is the word of God. We're going to go really deep as we do every week with the word of God. There's two words for this, and maybe you've heard this before. There's Rima and Logos. Rima and Logos. Rima is a word from God. 
Logos is actually the written word of God. So when I'm in my quiet time in the morning and I'm reading the Logos, this is the Logos of God. It is his written word. He's left this word for me. When I read that, often I will get a rima. A rima is a word from God for me. So as I'm reading the word of God, something will jump out at me. It could be a conviction, but it could be inspiration. It could be a dream. It could be an insight. It could be a task. Something God is showing me to do. That's he is breathing a rima on me, a word from him to me through the word of God. So when you read the word of God, often just say, God, I want a rima from the Logos. I want a word from you. I don't want this to be the same story I've always read. I want something fresh and new from you. You know, the Bible tells us, and we talked about it last week in Matthew 4. Do you remember when Jesus was going into the wilderness? It says he was led into the wilderness by who? Sometimes we confuse this. He was led. It wasn't the devil that led him into the wilderness. It was the Spirit of God that led him into the wilderness. Do you know sometimes the Spirit of God might lead you into a wilderness to be with you? to be intimate with you, to teach you, to speak to you, to give you life. We're getting ready to see Jesus in a moment through this passage in Matthew 4 where life comes. He does battle with the enemy. He uses the word of God to do battle with the enemy. And I don't want you to ever be afraid of being in the wilderness. Always go back to Matthew 4 or Luke 4 because we all go through wilderness periods. Sometimes the spirit might even lead us into it because the spirit wants us, listen, this is important. The spirit wants us to understand the power that we have over the enemy. And if you don't understand, if you're in a wilderness right now, my friend, you are in a good place because that's where you're gonna understand your authority and your power and the word of God. Each time the enemy came to Jesus and he twisted the truth. Now, this is so good. Go back to Matthew 4 because the enemy came and he says, it is said so, or thus it is written. And he would misquote the scripture and then Jesus would turn around and correct it and always quote the word of God back to Satan. And every time he quoted the word back to Satan, the Bible said Satan would flee. If you want to know how to make Satan get off your tail, quote the word of God. You want him to flee? You want to have power and you want to have authority? You've got to know the word of God. So often, and it's not that you can't do this because there's power in the name of Jesus, but often we just say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, what you need to do is quote some scripture in Jesus' name. Use the word of God to fight the enemy. Know the word of God. The Bible said that Jesus spoke the word of God. The Holy Spirit leads us. Now listen, the Holy Spirit leads us, but he reminds us it's the word of God that we fight with. Did you hear me? It's the word of God that we fight with. And I'm going to be honest, in our, in our seeker-oriented churches today, where we just want to get as many people as we can, and we think of all these things we can do to get the masses into the church, we have watered down the word of God. You know, I'm like you, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, I watch a lot of churches online, and sometimes they're more inspirational than they really are inspirational. Do you understand that? Sometimes it's almost as if they want to inspire me to be a better person in my flesh than help me to be a better person in my spirit. Do, do you understand that? Who are you being inspired by? Are you being inspired by the world? Are you being inspired by the word? 
Those are two different things, my friend. And it's so important that we preach the Word of God and know the Word of God and live the Word of God because this is the sword of the Spirit. You know, it was the Spirit, and we're going to talk about that for a minute. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, now look, this is so good. And guys, all I can do is encourage you. I know I get fired up, and I'm going deeper in my walk with God. I, I um, On a side note, I was texting with Kim Walker-Smith this morning, and I just love her. Many of you know she's become a dear friend, and I just, I just want to thank you because there's such an anointing of the Holy Spirit over you. And Kim, you have taught me how to go deeper with the Holy Spirit. Many of you know my story when she was singing the song, Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here. And, and it just took me, that person, that song took me deeper. I had a desire to go deeper. And I'm telling you what, that put me on a path to go deeper in my personal life. And so I'm in a place in my life where I just want to go deeper, but I can't do that just to be spoon fed by someone else. I have to get in the word of God. The spirit of God leads me, directs me, talks to me. Every morning I have to open my word of God just like you do. And that's what the scripture is saying. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, it says in John 14, 26, he will teach you all things. Do you understand the Holy Spirit wants to teach you? And he's not just going to teach you while you sit there sunbathing. He's going to teach you through the word of God when you're disciplined to pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Your sword is the word of God. Now I want to say this. I think it's so important because so few preachers and teachers and churches are saying this today. This is the infallible word of God. The word infallible means it's, there are no errors. There are no mistakes in this. Let me tell you what I hear preachers and pastors say today. Well, the Bible contains the word of God, meaning there's sections that are of God, but sections that may not be inspired. Let me tell you what, this is the holy, infallible word of God. Because if I decide what is and isn't inspired, then I will decide what I want to believe or not. Either this is God's word or it's not. It's infallible and it's inspired, which means it's God's breath. The word inspired means God breathed. And I'm telling you what, you have to, it's inerrant, it's without error, it's God's word. And I'm, you may call me just an old Southern Baptist girl that grew up with the word of God, but that's what I believe. And I'm seeing so many people depart from the faith. The Bible says in the last days, there will be those who depart from the faith, giving heed, I mean listening to, doctrines of demons. And today we have doctrines, which are teachings or theologies of demons who are saying this is not the word of God. You have to make that decision for yourself. It has to be your conviction. I don't think you can go through the Bible and decide what is and what isn't inspired. To me, it is the word of God. It is the breath of God. It is infallible. So I take um, confidence in the fact that when I read this, it is truly God's word. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper with you guys tonight. God spoke the world into an order by his mouth. The Bible says by the breath of his word. So let's look at this passage. In Psalm 33:6. so flip over to the middle of your Bible, Psalm 33, get your Bible. And it says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Now, this takes us back to Genesis 1 right here. There's so much deity in this. We see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in so many of these passages. So this passage, this is David writing this psalm. He takes us back to Genesis, and he says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. 
That's the same word, inspired word of God. So once again, I'm telling you, you have to believe this is truly the inspired word of God. In Psalm 119, 105, so stay there in Psalm, in chapter 119, 105, the Bible says, I love this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, I don't know about you every single time I hear that verse because I learned it as a little girl. And my daddy, this is my daddy. I always think of my daddy. We used to go camping as a kid. And every time I'd have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and we'd pull up in the tent, my daddy'd say, get the lantern, Tammy. Make sure you have a light unto your feet. Make sure he is guiding you on your path. And my daddy was just a man of the word. He loved this passage. Always we would quote this. So when I was going over my notes this morning, I just said to daddy, I'm still quoting it. And I picked up that lantern because this is the light. This is the light unto your path. This is literally what guides your directions and your choices. Do you know when you pick up the Word of God, when you read the Word of God, when you believe the Word of God, it helps you on the path. It directs your path. It tells you, Tammy, don't go that way. It tells me, I'm sure it'll tell you. Don't go that way or go this way or close that door or open this door. That's what the Word of God does. It is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. In Romans 10, 17, the Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing. We looked at this, remember we talked about the shield of faith, we quoted this verse. So yes, our shield of faith, but what does it say? Faith comes by hearing, and then what? And hearing by the word of God. So when I hear the word of God, I pick up my sword of the spirit. God speaks truth to his children. I wanna go over this verse, it's so powerful. One of my favorites in 2 Timothy 3. So again, now go over to the New Testament into 2 Timothy 3. All scripture, and again here, it's just, it, it's exactly what we're talking about. All scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness, why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for good works. This word is God's breath. It's inspired, like I said, infallible. It's for my teaching. Guys, if I'm not growing in my faith, let me just give you a little coaching moment. If you're not further along in your walk with God today than you were a year ago, then you've settled. Then you've stopped. Then your life's on pause. We are to be growing. We are going from glory to glory to glory. It's our job to grow and mature. You know, we can only allow the pastor to teach us so much or our Bible studies to teach us so much or podcasts or YouTube videos. Or, do you know that you'll go deeper in your intimacy with God when you pick up the word of God and you ask him for a rima from the Logos? I love the way Charles Spurgeon put it. This is such a great quote. The word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion, out, let the lion loose and he will defend himself. Just let the lion loose. The word of God just needs to be let loose. Let it loose in your life to change everything about you. Let it go deep. Sometimes I literally do this. I open up the word of God because I believe it's life and it's breath and I'll just go, God, show me what I don't see. Do you know I can lie to myself? I can deceive myself. I can justify my own behaviors. I do it all the time. And as I begin to read the word of God, it shifts me and it shapes me, and it speaks to me, and it changes me. And yeah, I have to confess, and I have to agree with God, you're right, I did do that, I did say that, I did think that. 
That's just how I grow and I mature in my life. That's what the Word of God can do for you. So Scripture speaks of the Word of God. We've said that. We understand that. But did you also know the meaning is also not just the Word of God, the written Word, but the inspired Word, Jesus Himself. I want you to see this. Scripture uses the phrase Word of God as a name, as a name, specifically the name of Jesus. I want you to hear this. The Bible tells us in John's Gospel, in the beginning was the Word. Many of you know the Scripture. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Do you realize the Word of God is none other than Jesus Christ Himself? It's not only the inspired and errant Word of God, which is your Bible, but the Word of God is Jesus, your best friend. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Nothing was made that was made. There's nothing that just evolved. Everything was made by Him, and in Him was, look, and in Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Do you know a dark world that's lost cannot comprehend the Word of God, Jesus? They don't get what you get. They don't see what you see. They're in darkness. And then verse 14, I want you to see this and underline it with me. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you realize the Word of God is, yes, the inspired, infallible, beautiful Word of God that is your Bible? But the Word of God is also none other than Jesus Christ Himself. Who is the Word? Oh, it's Jesus Christ. So it's not only a He, but it is the Word of God. I want to kind of conclude today because I think this is so good. We've put on all of our armor. We've picked up the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But isn't it beautiful? I want you to see in verse 16, uh, in verse 18, excuse me, that it ends, very important, praying in the Spirit. And I didn't want to miss this because so often when we hear a message on the six pieces of the armor, we stop with the six pieces and we don't end with the rest of the chapter, which is so powerful. So make sure we end with this tonight. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now just let's stop there a minute. Praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Do you realize that when you read this passage and every day you equip, your, you equip yourself with the armor of God, that you've got to stop and pray in the Spirit. Now let me say this. We often talk about praying in the Spirit as meaning praying in tongues. And I do believe that that is a gift. Many of you know we've taught on this, that it is a definite gift of God. There is a beautiful angelic gift, which is tongues, and people pray in the Spirit in tongues. But if you don't have that gift or you've asked that for that gift and it's not been for you, don't think that you can't pray in the Spirit. I want you to understand that because nowhere in the Bible does it say everyone will pray in tongues, but it does tell us to pray in the Spirit. And there are times when I am in my prayer room and I literally know that I go with what Bible says groanings too deep to understand. And I go into a language or I go into a, a it's, it's something in my spirit, man. I go somewhere. When I go, um, just let me say this, when I read the passage in Revelation 4 and I move into that throne room of God and I spend time right there at the throne room of God, I am praying in my spirit. So I want you to understand this passage and don't say, well, gosh, it must not be for me because I don't speak in tongues. 
always pray in the spirit. We're going to talk how to do that because every one of us need to be praying in the spirit. And then he says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all. So praying always. Let's just talk a moment. Remember that passage that says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing? And you say, oh, cool. I'll do that when I retire. Because like I'm busy during the day right now. I have a job and a family and work. Well, the word praying without ceasing doesn't mean that you don't stop praying all day. What it means is you're always praying in your spirit, man. Meaning if there is a moment where the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray for someone, you stop and pray. You are so in tune with the Holy Spirit all day long that if Holy Spirit drops something on you, you stop then and you pray. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. So you literally have an attitude of prayer. That means, look, staying in that place all day is difficult. That means like all day long, you got to have a checkup with your spirit. You got to be saying, Holy Spirit, are you resident? Are you ruling? Are you reigning? Am I confessed up? Because you want to be at such a place that you don't have all the cares of the world, all the junk of the world, all the flesh of the world, all the temptations of the world confusing you that if Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, you don't know how to receive it because your heart's hardened. So there'll be times, literally, I will tell you, I know when I'm walking in the spirit because I literally will have promptings all day long promptings all day long. I can tell you, and I think it's because I've been doing this series, God is downloading people on me all day long. I probably have texted four or five people in the last hour that Holy Spirit has told me to text. Hey, I'm praying for you right now. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I believe Holy Spirit just wants me to pray for you and I'll stop and pray for him. That's what it means to pray without ceasing, that you literally are praying all day long as Holy Spirit's prompting you. And then let, let someone know. Yeah, pray for him. Stop and pray, but text him and say, Holy Spirit just told me right now to pray for you. So this morning, I text a friend of mine in Virginia Beach, and I said, I don't know why, but Holy Spirit just brought you to my mind, and I want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for you. Literally, she got right back. She says, are your ears burning? I literally am talking about you right now. There's someone I just met from Orange County, California that I want to connect you with. That is no coincidence. Holy Spirit prompted me to text her while she was talking about introducing me to someone here in Orange County. Do you understand the power of prayer and the promptings of God when you're obedient? That was a blessing to me. That's showing me that God hasn't forgotten about me either. When you pray without ceasing, you literally are in a spirit of praying all day long. So pray without ceasing. Always be on guard, the Bible says. Be aware of the needs and the supplications. So the word supplication is making a request. Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. I don't think we pray enough. A supplication is a request. Some people say, well, you know, it's cool for you, Tammy. I mean, you walk with God, you do your prayer walk, but you know, like, I don't think God wants to hear from me. You know, I've done bad things. I'm a bad person. I don't pray often. I don't read my Bible. I don't go to church. Stop already. Stop it. You're listening to the lies of the enemy. You are a child of God, and he wants you to make requests. He wants you to come to him. If, if he needs to do course correction in your life, he can do it. He may speak to you and say, hey, I hear that request, but hey, I'd love you to draw close to me right now. Let's go a little bit deeper than that request right now. Let's go into your life. How you doing? I've missed you. I want you to draw close to me. Do you understand? That's what it means to have communion with him, fellowship with him, relationship with him. Do you understand that? That's what a supplication is, a request. Make your request. You know, God just wants our prayers. The Bible says that revelation is just filled with the prayers of the saints. 
It's just this fragrance is what the word calls it, the fragrance of the saints. So when we lift up these prayers, it's a sweet fragrance unto God. Talk to him, speak to him. He wants to hear from you. The Bible says, listen, this will be comforting to you. We don't know how to pray, but the spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep. So when you're in a place and you go, God, I don't even know what to pray. I don't have the right words. I don't even know if I'm in the right place. I want to give you a scripture that I think will be comforting to you. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings with which we can't even utter. There's times where I think when I get to heaven sometimes, the Holy Spirit's going to say, remember when you prayed for this or you prayed for that? And I'm going to go, I don't really remember that. And, he, and he's going to go, the groaning was so deep because it was a heaviness on your heart for something, a burden. Sometimes I pray with burdens and I don't really know how to pray, but my spirit man is praying, interceding, intercession. Those are those groanings. And guys, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. It is maturity. It takes time to go there. You're not going to just go, oh, that's cool. I'm going to try. You don't try, you trust. You've got to grow in your walk with God. You've got to develop your walk with God. But that's what happens. You begin to go deeper with Him. You are in a spiritual battle, and that is why you need the Holy Spirit as your guide. The Holy Spirit lives in your body. Do you realize you inhabit the Holy Spirit? He lives in you. Listen, He is ruling and resident in you. It's up to you to release him. The Bible tells us our body is the temple of God. I want to show this verse with you in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, whom is in you and you have from God? It is not your own. Holy Spirit is in you. Let the sword of the Spirit speak to you. Let Holy Spirit speak to you. Wow, guys, it's been a good six weeks. We've learned so much. But I'm going to tell you right now, you can go back and watch these over and over, but I can only speak to your ears. Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. So make sure as every one of these, every day, go through them again. Put on that belt and put on that breastplate and put on those shoes and put on, remember, we're going to put on the breastplate and the shoes and we're going to put on, pick up the shield and the sword of the Spirit and the helmet, all six pieces. Make sure you know them. Make sure you're putting them on. And I want to close with us tonight with some daily action steps that I think are going to be really helpful for you if you'll do these every single day. First, listen, number one, prepare every morning for battle. Prepare, and I'm doing this, and now that I'm rehearsing this every morning, put on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on the gospel shoes, pick up the shield, put up, put on the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation and pick up the sword of the spirit. Go through those, know them so well. Know them to every day you're rehearsing them and you're equipped to do battle with the enemy when those fiery darts come after you. And then listen, number two, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and anoint you. To fill you, now listen, I mean this, is so powerful. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and anoint you. On my prayer walk this morning, right before I came in the office, I'm on that walk every single day. I start every day. Holy Spirit, give me insight, wisdom, and revelation. I'm walking down that path, and I literally say, Holy Spirit, fill me and anoint me. When I think of anointing, I think of anointing oil. If you've ever been anointed with oil, 
I ask Holy Spirit, anoint me with Holy Spirit oil. That means Holy Spirit be so on me today that I see what you say, see, I say what you say. I hear what you hear. Make me so anointed that when someone comes into my midst that I need to pray over or give money to or be a blessing to, I'm so anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit that I walk in the Spirit of God. Make sure you're anointed with the Holy Spirit. And then number three, this is so important. Spend a few moments every day reading and reciting the Word of God. This is where most of us fail. If you have a Bible app, that's great. Throw it on in the car and listen to it. But make sure you are reading and reciting the Word of God. That's how you start your day. So guys, these are just tools and tips and resources. They changed my life. They've been disciplines in my life. You know, discipline's a big word for me. And I'm disciplined in my walks. I go to the gym. I'm disciplined with my eating. Um, discipline is a big word. It's kind of like disciple. I think disip, dip, uh, discipline and disciple are similar words. And I want to ask you right now, are you disciplined in the things of God? And if not, where do you need to make some changes? What does God want to do in your life? So we've had six weeks together, and this has been powerful and encouraging. I'm going to ask you guys, please share this with your friends. Share my YouTube channel. Share these teachings. And stay taint, uh, stay tuned in because we're going to continue in our teaching. We're going to walk with some of our stories. We're going to talk to you how to share your story and share your testimony. So I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can check me out on my YouTube channel. You can check me out on my Facebook or my Instagram or any of my feeds. But you know, guys, I'd love to hear from you. I would love to hear your story. How has God used this passage in Ephesians 6 to change your life? Which piece of the armor has been one that's inspired you or taught you something, or, or where do you do battle? Where do you struggle? I'd love to hear from you. So guys, I just love you so much. Thanks for being a part of this series. Um, stand strong, stand strong, stand strong, and put on the full armor of God. Love you guys so much. Do your discussion questions. Uh, have a great day. I'd love to hear from you. God bless.